Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, it's Amy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Arsenal versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Sunday, 14th of May, 2023. Kickoff, 4.30pm. The contents. Captain's notes. Around Arsenal. Sustainability. Player feature, Bakayo Saka. Minute detail. Community voice. Foundation voice. Academy Young Gun, Ismail Carbio. Around the Academy. Women. Visitors, Brighton and Hove Albion. Match action. Arsenal versus Chelsea. Match action. Newcastle versus Arsenal. And teams. Martin Odegaard. Captain's Notes. I thought we produced a very mature performance against Newcastle United last week. To be honest, I was very proud of what we achieved there on Sunday. Last year we had a very difficult day there. In fact, I would say it was one of the most difficult days in my career. Then if you add to that what happened to us recently with those three draws and then the defeat to Man City. So it was important that we beat Chelsea and then we backed it up by showing the great team spirit to fight and battle to a win at Newcastle too. It's a tough away game, so it was a very mature performance from us. We had to play a bit ugly at times, but overall, it was just a very good performance. I think it shows also how much we've improved, if you compare to this game last year. We showed a completely different side this year, so I was very proud of the team. In fact, I think it shows how much we've improved not just from last season, but from the start of this one too. We've developed since August. We've grown and for sure if you compare our performances now to the start of the season, we're much better in a lot of areas. Players are scoring more goals and we're a threat offensively. But in the last game you saw how much we've matured. We know that sometimes you have to win in a different way, a bit more ugly type of football. This is part of the game, but with a young team it's not always easy to do that. But we did it and hopefully we can keep on doing it. I'm sure we'll keep on improving because we're a young team and everyone here is so hungry to improve. I'm sure we're just going to get better. I was pleased to get some more goals in the last couple of games. Granit Xhaka did so well in the Chelsea game and he gave me two great passes for my goals. 
As soon as I see Granite attack the space on his left side, I always know he's going to put the ball in. Then it's just about me being in the right areas and trying to hit the target. We had a brilliant performance against Chelsea, especially in the first half, and I scored a couple of goals, so it was a good day. I was delighted with my goal at Newcastle too, first of all because it was an important time in the game for us. They came at us strongly at the beginning of the game. They had a few early chances, and then there was the penalty situation, where thankfully VAR intervened and made the right call. So it was crucial for us to get that first goal. It changed the momentum of the game. It was my 15th goal of the season, and I'm pleased with that, but of course I want to score more. I never set myself targets at the start of the season. I just want to focus on what I can do, and that's being in the right areas at the right time. I want to have the right mindset to be dangerous in the box. It's true I've been practising my finishing for a long time, so it's good to see the work I'm putting in paying off in the matches. I think scoring goals should be part of my game anyway. Everyone wants to score goals, but as I've said many times, the main thing is to help the team. If that's by scoring goals, then that's great, but to assist and to create chances is also good for the team. That's what I want to keep doing. I'll carry on working like that, and then I'm sure the goals and the assists will come. I can get a lot better with that too. This year I've missed so many big chances as well, so I could have scored a lot more goals. Also in the game against Newcastle, I should have scored another one just before half-time, so there's still a lot to improve. Hopefully I can keep scoring and get better at finishing along the way. I know it's been a long time since we had two players score 15 in a season, and you look at Bukayo, Gabby Martinelli, Gabby Jesus, Eddie, Leo as well. We have more players taking responsibility, scoring goals and being important for the team. Also there's Reese Nelson and Granite too, who scored more this season and is getting more assists. It's important that it comes from all over the pitch because that makes it hard for teams to play against us when we're more unpredictable. We want to keep that going today against Brighton. They have a very good team, as we all know, and have been playing at a really high level all season. The way they play out from the back especially is very good. Also how they press. They're a very intense team, and they play a lot of man-to-man as well. It's going to be a tricky game, but playing at home in front of our supporters means hopefully you can help bring us through again. I've spoken about your support all season, because it's been amazing every game, but I must mention our supporters who came up to Newcastle. You were just unreal. I know it's a long way to go, so we want to thank you all for making the trip. We really are so grateful for that support. We could hear you all afternoon, even up at the top of that stand. But it helped us so much. Finally, as usual, we'll have a junior gunner mascot with the team again today, and I hear that today's mascot is a fellow Norwegian. I always like to have a nice chat with our mascot on the day to try to make it a memorable day for them and make sure they're okay. So it'll be nice to have that chat in Norwegian today. Thanks for your brilliant support as always, and enjoy the game. Around Arsenal, Gabby's on the verge. Gabriel Martinelli stands on the verge of Premier League history today. If he can find the net against Brighton, he will break the record for most goals scored by a Brazilian in a single Premier League season. He is currently tied with Roberto Firmino 
who scored 15 goals in 37 games for Liverpool during the 2017-18 campaign. Gabby has scored 15 in 35 appearances. He is also riding high in another statistics chart this season, ranking fourth in the Premier League for successful dribbles with 62. He is only six behind the leader, Crystal Palace's Eberechi Eze, and two behind Bukayo Saka, who is in second place with 64. Bukayo is also second in the assist chart with 11, behind only Manchester City's Kevin De Bruyne on 16. Leandro Trossard is third with 10. Arsenal Women back at the Emirates We are delighted to confirm that Arsenal Women will play an increased number of Barclays Women's Super League matches at Emirates Stadium next season. Jonas Eideval's side will play five WSL games in N5 over the course of the 2023-24 campaign, up from three this season. We set a new WSL record attendance with over 53,000 tickets sold when we beat Tottenham Hotspur 4-0 at Emirates Stadium in September 2022. This was followed by Manchester United's visit in November with a crowd of over 40,000, while more than 46,000 fans attended our dramatic 1-1 draw with Chelsea in January 2023. We also played five Women's Champions League matches at Emirates Stadium this season, culminating in an historic sold-out crowd of 60,036 for our semi-final second leg against Wolfsburg. Subject to our qualification for the 2023-24 competition, all matches from the group stage onwards will also take place at Emirates Stadium. In total, more than 240,000 tickets have been purchased to watch Arsenal women at the club's home ground this season. Arsenal CEO Vinay Venkatesham said, We're delighted to confirm that our women's first team will play five WSL games at Emirates Stadium next season. We've received fantastic support at Emirates Stadium this year, setting a new record attendance in the WSL and achieving a memorable sellout for our recent UEFA Women's Champions League semi-final. It's wonderful to see the support for the team at Emirates Stadium, Meadow Park and on the road week in, week out. This latest announcement ensures as many supporters as possible can enjoy the matchday experience with us as we continue to support the sustainable growth of women's football. More information regarding season tickets will be communicated in due course. However, we can confirm that we will be offering five-game packages to enable supporters to secure their seats for all our WSL games at Emirates Stadium next year. Visit arsenal.com for more information. Ref Watch Today's referee is Andrew Madley from Huddersfield. The 39-year-old has taken charge of just one Arsenal game so far this season, the 0-0 draw with Newcastle United on January 3rd a game in which he showed nine yellow cards, four of them for the Gunners. Andrew has taken charge of 23 Premier League games this season, showing 82 yellow cards, an average of 3.6 per game, and three red cards. He has been a select group one referee since June 2019. Marquinhos in for Brazil Congratulations to Marquinhos, who has been called up for Brazil's 21-man squad ahead of the Under-20 World Cup.
our forward will proudly represent Selako Sub-20 at the upcoming tournament, which gets underway on Saturday, May 20th in Argentina. Brazil kick off their campaign against Italy in Mendoza on Sunday, May 21st, before facing Dominican Republic on Wednesday, May 24th, and conclude their Group D fixtures against Nigeria on Saturday, May 27th. Everyone at Arsenal would like to wish Marquinhos all the best in the tournament. Lear signs for more. We are delighted to confirm that Leah Walty has signed a new contract to stay with Arsenal women. Leah joined us in 2018 and has since made 128 appearances in all competitions. The Swiss midfielder helped us win the WSL title in 2018-19 and this season's Continental Cup. She has made more than 100 appearances for Switzerland, captaining her country since 2019. She led her national team at the 2022 Euros and is set to do the same at the 2023 World Cup in Australia and New Zealand this summer. It is a special moment for me to commit my future to Arsenal and I'm very happy and excited, said Leah. Arsenal means so much to me. It felt like home from the moment I joined and over the years I've built such a strong bond with this club and the community around it. NMR Shirts for Young Role Models The No More Red initiative launched in January 2022 with Adidas to support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, one of the aims was to spotlight the work of young people who have made a positive difference. This afternoon, Alan and Tishilla will become the latest recipients of our special No More Red Shirts. Alan is a young person with autism, a skilled football player and avid Arsenal fan. He has been volunteer coaching with access to sports and is a specialist in making football accessible to everyone who attends and ensures everyone gets a chance to shine on the pitch. He has also been attending the Hayward Adventure Playground for 12 years and is always a delight to have on site. He is great at helping the other young people and is brilliant at reassuring them when needed. He shows great generosity and care towards people with more complex needs than his own and is conscious of making sure they're able to join in. Finally, Alan helps his parents care for his disabled brother and is a rock for the family. He helps out with shopping, cooking and caring for his brother when his mum is at work. He truly is a ray of light in his family and his community. Tillisher founded the Justice for Germain, JFJ Foundation, after the tragic murder of her brother, Germain Gupal, aged 15, in August 2017 in Croydon. Tishila set up the foundation with the intent to tell Germain's story with an educational purpose to dissuade young people from carrying a knife but also highlight the impact of murders on siblings, extended families, parents and friends. Tishilla and the JFJ Foundation have gone on to deliver workshops across schools in Croydon, Wandsworth and other London boroughs and have reached more than 3,000 children. The JFJ Foundation is now working in partnership with the My Ends Programme, funded by the VRU in Croydon, and the Inspiring Futures Programme in partnership with the Met Police and Project for Youth Empowerment, P4YE. Trusty Name Top Blue 
Alston Trusty has been named Birmingham City's Player of the Season after impressing during his loan spell at St Andrews. The American defender topped a vote of the club's supporters to land the accolade and cap off his time in the second city in style with his temporary switch ending after Monday's game against Sheffield United. Alston has featured in all but two of the Blues Championship matches, racking up 43 appearances in total and chipping in with four goals. His form also saw him handed a first USA cap in March when he played the full 90 minutes in a 7-1 win over Granada alongside Gunners teammate Matt Turner. Notice board. Totalizer, £850. Welcome to the World Taj. A very special little gooner from all of your family and friends at Arsenal Football Club. Welcome to season ticket holders Rich and Bob Davies, who were bought to their first Arsenal match by their dad 60 years ago today. A 3-0 win over Fulham. Joe Baker hat-trick. Thanks for your amazing support. A very warm welcome to Charlene and Shrada Ahujar who are making a special visit to Emirates for the first time from New Delhi, members of our Indian Supporters Club. Congratulations Richard and Vanessa Morgan, who celebrate a special wedding anniversary this weekend, with best wishes from their friends at Arsenal. Welcome to the Arsenal world, George David Everson, born on May 1st. Great-granddad, granddad, father and now son. The Arsenal lives on. Happy 21st, Herbie Wilkinson. Enjoy the match. C-O-Y-G. Love mum and dad. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 11th birthday, Henry. Love mum, dad and Max. Sean. Happy 30th birthday. Enjoy the game. Lots of love, Chloe and Bump. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy birthday, Harry. Lots of love, mum, dad and Roman. Kiss. Welcome to the Emirates Stadium to Oin Egan. Hope you bring us good luck from Uncle Norman and family. Happy birthday, Callum MC. Love from Mum, Dad, Niam and Buddy. Happy sixth birthday, Aidan Van Goor. Sing loud and proud in the clock end today. Love Mama and Memmi. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Welcome to Jacob Marsden, age seven, to his first game at Emirates Stadium. Come on, you gunners. Happy birthday, Nathan. You're absolutely incredible and truly one of a kind. I love you always, Rachel. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 18th birthday to Billy Wright from Essex on May 24th. Have a great holiday with Erica. Love from all the family. Kiss, kiss. Happy birthday, Ethan. We hope Arsenal can get all three points for you on your special day. Lots of love. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 50th birthday to lifelong fan Gary Smith who is celebrating today in the North Bank. Love from all the family. Kiss. Happy 16th birthday to our amazing son, Noah Mitchell. Hope you're enjoying the match. Lots of love. Mum, Dad, Ellie and the whole Arsenal team. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Come on, you gunners. Jack Freethy. Happy 15th birthday. Enjoy the match. So proud of you and the young man you're turning into. Lots of love. Mama and Andy. Kiss, kiss. Happy 60th birthday to Mick Deasy, a lifelong gooner attending games since 1972. Love from Claire, Ellen and Laura. Kiss, kiss. 
Happy 16th birthday to Kate Kelly, who is attending today's game all the way from Kilkenny, Ireland. Have a great day, with love from all your family and friends. Congratulations to Alfie and Jess on the birth of their second gooner, Lottie Rose Hobbs. Happy birthday, Mark Frank. Hope you get a good win today to help you celebrate. Love Anne and Bob. Kiss kiss. Happy 80th birthday to the ledge, Tony Fisher. 70 plus years of fever pitch, spielchers and elation. Much love always. M. Kiss kiss kiss. Nick Jones turns 40. Supporter for over 30 years. Always chanting North London forever. Happiest birthday wishes to a true gunner. Kiss kiss. Wishing John Rome a very happy 80th birthday with love from all the family. Happy 18th birthday to loyal Gooner and season ticket holder Freddie Crawford with love from all your family and friends. Meet the mascots. Please make sure you put your hands together for today's mascots. Representing Arsenal this afternoon is Liam, aged 8, and all the way from Norway. While the Brighton mascot is Finley, aged 8, from Southwick in West Sussex. We hope you both have a great day. Arsenal remembers. James Pert. Arsenal North West would like to pay tribute to James Pert. Described by his grandson, San, as the biggest Arsenal fan anyone could know. Jim was a lifelong gooner and highly respected member of our club, who sadly passed away in March. R.I.P. Jim. Paul Walter. In loving memory of Paul Walter. Much-loved husband, father and friend to many. Paul will be fondly remembered by everyone who had the pleasure of knowing him. C-O-Y-G Rodrigo Valverde A young journalist and an Arsenal fanatic from the Bayer countryside. He always obsessed about the opposition and how could we do better. He was lost too soon and is dearly missed by all at Arsenal Brazil. Benjamin McSherry in loving memory of Arsenal supporter Benjamin, remembered by all of his family and friends. Charles Williams, 1971-2023 to Heartbreakingly, Charles Williams died on February 16, 2023, after a 27-year battle against cancer. A devoted and committed gooner, Charles was born the night we won the treble in 1971 at White Hart Lane. He will be much missed every time Arsenal play. His funeral was distinguished by the wearing of Arsenal scarves by the attendees. Christopher John Manley, a lifelong fan who passed on March 19th after a very short illness. He was an amazing husband, father, brother, granddad and uncle and he will be sorely missed by all of us and his friends in our local pub, The Kingfisher. Jared Andrew Michael Pepke Beloved son and friend passed away suddenly from an unknown heart condition at the age of 21 while attending Western Washington University. Jared was an ardent fan of Arsenal FC and was able to travel to England in November of 2019 to watch his much-beloved team play at Emirates Stadium. Jared will be remembered for his kind and loving nature and his huge heart and smile. His passing is deeply felt by all who knew him. Jared will be missed forever. Les Davis, who passed away on April 5th, age 73. A lifelong Arsenal fan who went to school with Charlie George. He will be greatly missed by his family, who he inspired to support the Gunners too, and his friends.
Vince Collins, in memory of Vince Collins, who sadly passed away on April 3rd. Loving husband, father and devoted Arsenal fan, R.I.E.P. Rick Hathaway, in loving memory of Rick Hathaway, a massive Arsenal fan, so loved and so missed. Ticket news, home tickets, Arsenal vs Wolverhampton Wanderers, Premier League, Sunday, May 28th, kick-off, 4.30pm. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the Ticket Exchange Service up until 1.30pm on Sunday, May 28th. Please note that booking fees will apply to all ticket sales. Away tickets, Nottingham Forest vs Arsenal, Premier League, the City Ground, Saturday, May 20th, kick-off 5.30pm. Tickets for this match sold out to Away Scheme, Platinum, Gold and Travel Club members with 30-plus away points. Sustainability Wet and wonderful. We're happy to report that the seasonal big rains came to Bore last month. Rainfall patterns in this part of the world have been becoming increasingly disrupted over the past few years, so the appearance of these rain clouds was a very welcome sight. Just a few days later, and right on time for a change, the deluge began. The precious water droplets collect on the happy trees and project manager Alex Katana reports that all the trees are doing well and have had a serious soaking, which will stand them in good stead for the coming dry season. We selected neem trees for this project because they are particularly drought resistant and most research suggests that East Africa will become more arid in years to come. But all trees require some water, and right now, these lucky ones are getting as much as they need. The recent big rains have encouraged the bees to swarm, and our first hive now has a team of apian residents busily making the initial batch of Arsenal Forest honey. There could be a lot of product testing going on in Boré soon. Bike and Boots Bonus You've answered our call for donations of pre-loved football boots and trainers to coincide with Earth Day, and we've been overwhelmed with the sheer numbers being placed in the collection bins. Our youth academy teams, women's and men's, also all helped out by donating footwear to our cause, and we have been delighted to receive several large boxes full to the top with vital sports footwear. These boots will be distributed via our community team to several local schools who will put them to good use, helping children participate in football and other school sports sessions. Our great friends at Adidas have also been helping out by donating footballs to accompany all the boots and trainers that have been collected. If you read these pages regularly, you will know that we are big cycling fans, so we were very excited to partner with Islington Council and bring Dr Bike to help supporters and local residents with bike repairs on the evening of the Southampton game. Dr Bike returned to Emirates Stadium on Saturday, May 6th to help local bike riders with general maintenance and repairs to ensure their machines were in tip-top condition. From pumping up tyres to adjusting brakes and gears, this free service further promoted cycling as a great way to reduce our travel emissions while getting some excellent exercise. 
not a wasted trip. We have had another group of Academy players visit the stadium and enjoy a sustainability-themed tour and workshop. Boys and girls from the Arsenal Academy joined Football for Future to learn about the environment and how they can help. The tour gave an insight into the stadium and a much-anticipated visit to the waste management area, just in time to see the Chelsea matchday waste being sorted. Live like Luca Around Earth Day, the club asked our young supporters what they were doing to help the environment and we thought we would include the amazing response we received from eight-year-old Luca from East London. Dear Arsenal, some of the things I do are grow avocado trees from the seeds from my mum. I planted lots of lavender to attract bees to help flowers, even though I'm not a fan of bumblebees at all. I always take my reusable water bottles and not plastic ones. I love water. I remind people to pick up their trash when they forget. Apparently, Mama's spaghetti doesn't have real meat in it, which I found out by accident, but I still love it because it's delicious and it saves cows. I also recycle and upcycle. I make new toys and new things out of stuff like the plane I made out of a big Amazon box. I give my toys and clothes to other kids in my building or the hospital after cleaning them properly. I make sure lights are off when you don't need them and I have lots of vegetables and even some fruits I'm growing with Mama. Thanks for being the best team in the world. Love from Luca. That's absolutely amazing, Luca. For all your incredible efforts, we've got you 25 trees in our Arsenal forest. You can watch them grow just like all of your avocado trees. Grow your own. Carbon Link has already received lots of orders for trees from supporters wishing to add to the Arsenal forest. More than 20,000 are now being planted. Thanks for getting involved. We want to expand our 12.5 acre area to make our forest as big as possible. There are three options to purchase trees. 25 trees for £25, 50 for £50, 100 for £100. If you are concerned about your own carbon footprint, this is an excellent way of making a small, sustainable step in the right direction and also doing it in the name of the club you love. And what a unique gift for an Arsenal fan in your life. Scan the QR code in the programme for more information on our project and details of how to be part of our forest. Player feature, Inspirational Saka. We speak to our players about where they find their inspiration. At just 21 years of age, Bukayo Saka is already an inspiration to millions. A quick look at his career arc so far will tell you why. After progressing all the way through our Hayland Academy from the lowest age group, he became one of the club's youngest ever players when he made his debut aged 17 and 86 days, back in November 2018. From then, he soon established himself as a major part of the team. The second youngest player in our history to reach 100 Premier League appearances, he has been named Arsenal Player of the Season in each of the past two years. Only Thierry Henry has won three in a row since the award was launched in 1967. He has also transferred his club form to the national team. 
In 2021, he became the youngest player ever to represent England in a major final and has racked up 26 caps already, scoring eight times. Off the pitch too, there is no doubt he's a role model, an exceptional student at school, more of which later. He is also a hugely popular and positive influence around the dressing room and beyond. But where does Bukayo himself find inspiration? What inspired him to start his journey in football? The winger says his love of the game was always within him from a very young age, and there wasn't a particular moment or person who triggered his involvement. When I was younger, I was always a really active kid, he begins. Outside my house, there was a big green space, so we could all go out there, everyone from the close, and play football. My earliest memory of playing is actually in my back garden, but when I started playing with other kids, then it was in the close out the front. It just felt natural. I don't think I was inspired by anyone or anything to play. It just naturally happened in the environment we grew up in. The older I got, the more I fell in love with football. I played a lot, but watched a lot of football too. I used to love Cristiano Ronaldo. A lot of other kids my age used to love watching him as well. The different things he could do on the pitch, his skills, the way he took free kicks too. I think a lot of us used to try to emulate that. It wasn't long before Bukayo's enthusiasm for the sport was matched by his talent and he joined our pre-academy before officially signing academy forms at Hale End in May 2010, a few months before his ninth birthday. Football was now the main focus in the Ealing-born youngster's life, but his parents have always reminded him of the importance of his other priorities, which at that young age included his academic work. My parents always wanted me to have a balance, he says, but they always encouraged me to do what I love, which is football, so they supported me the whole way. That's why I think I've had the opportunities I did, because they were always there for me. They took me to training, took me to games, made sure I ate well and stuff like that. I think my values are obviously taught to me by my parents, the way they raised me and my brother, he adds. At first, I only wanted to play football. They made me realise that I needed to have a balance. You know, there are no guarantees. Sometimes football doesn't work out. Sometimes it's not even because you're not talented enough. You can be unlucky. You can get an injury that stops you. They made me realise this. They rewarded me too if I did my schoolwork. They would encourage me and maybe give a few incentives. Every kid likes getting a PlayStation or something, so that helped me with my schoolwork for sure. A bigger challenge for Bukayo, he admits, came at secondary school. His devotion to football was tested at times, when he had to miss out on some aspects of life that his peers were enjoying. Yes, that was really difficult because, you know, you have to make a lot of sacrifices, he recalls. I think if you want to achieve something big, you have to make sacrifices. You have to be disciplined, and you always have a choice to make. Each choice you make affects the next stage in your life. So you have to always think about that, and I always try to make the right choices. But I tell you, it's not easy. Especially at high school, there's a lot going on. You have to be wise. You're growing up and your choices change. You have a lot of friends and a lot of people around. And yeah, maybe you are going to lose some friends. So it's not easy. But you've got to stay focused on your goal. There are a lot of influences around you. 
Bukayo's balancing act at school was tougher than most, though. He took his GCSEs in May 2018, exactly the same time he was selected for the England Under-17 squad for the European Championships. That was a crazy time, he reveals. Basically, I was with the under-17s while doing my exams. There were a few of us in the team doing GCSEs, so after training, the older guys would go off and play PlayStation and chill or whatever, but we had to go into the library and study. We were based at St George's Park, which is three hours away from my school, and I would have to go back there to take the exams. We played one game, and I remember that night the team went back to the hotel but I came back to a hotel near my school. I stayed overnight and went to school the next morning for the exam. It was crazy. I hadn't even been in school that week. I just go in, see my friends, and they are like, good game last night. So I do the exam, then travel back to St George's, and I had to do that a few times. For one of the exams, it was the same time as a game, so I had to do the exam at a different time. So, in order to stop me cheating or asking my friends what the questions were and stuff like that, I was basically locked in a room all morning. I wasn't allowed my phone or anything. Then, after the game, I went straight back down to my school and the next morning took the exam that I missed. As I said, it was a crazy time, but it was fun. Playing mainly at left-back, a year above his age group, Bukayo helped England all the way to the semi-finals in that tournament, scoring a penalty against the Netherlands in the shootout in the last four. His performance in his GCSEs was even better, though. He achieved the equivalent of an A or A-star in the current number grade system for every single subject, including A-star for both business studies and economics. Once his qualifications were achieved, his full focus was back on football and his progress continued when he left Hale End to become a full-time scholar at London Colney a few months after his GCSEs. Within three months of moving to the training ground, he had made his first team debut as a second-half sub in a 3-0 win away over Vorskla Poltava in the Europa League. He believes it was a hugely significant moment in his development. I was pleased with how I was progressing at Hayland, he says. Each year I felt I was at a good level and I was getting good reports from the coaches. I was always performing at a good level, improving year by year, and as I got older, I got closer to moving up to London Colney and being near the first team. That's when it became more of a reality. But for me, you are never really in it until you are in. In my head, it never really kicked in that I was a professional until I got to play alongside them in the first team. That's when it felt real for me. When I was on the pitch for the first time with Aaron Ramsey, top players like that, and I made my debut. That was a big moment for me. That came just a few weeks after his 17th birthday, when, sporting the number 87 shirt, he was introduced to the action by Unai Emery. He nearly marked his eye-catching 22-minute cameo on the left wing with a goal. He had gone down in history as our 15th youngest player, but the real accomplishments were still to be achieved, and Bakayo was already looking forward. That game in Kiev in the Europa League, he smiles. It was so cold. My gosh, it was so cold. I couldn't even feel my feet. Afterwards, though, I felt it was a massive achievement for me. Coming through the academy, everything we did throughout all those years was to get ready to play in the first team. I'd achieved that, so then I was thinking, how could I do that more? How can I keep my place there? 
that became my new focus. Now, with 176 first-team games to his name and 37 goals and the same number of assists, Bukayo is the one inspiring the next generation, not just at Hale End, but all over the world. So, how does he deal with that at the age of 21? I just don't think about that side of it, he says with a shrug. All I can do is try to be myself. I've got to where I am through being myself, so there's no point overthinking things or wanting to change anything. If people like me for who I am now, I don't need to try to be something I'm not, just because a few more people might be looking up to me. That's just my mentality. But does he enjoy the pressure that comes with rising expectations? Well, before anyone else puts pressure on me, I've put 1,000 times more pressure on myself. I don't think anyone can ever criticise me more than I criticise myself. I really monitor myself and my performances as well, so I don't really feel that pressure externally. It comes from within. It's good to have people around me too, and I try to always keep positive influences around me. Obviously, when I come to the training ground, there are so many good influences, so many good players, good coaching staff and people in this place. I know that if anyone has to tell me something that's a bit more negative, then they are doing it for the best of me, not because they want to put me down. So I always listen to them. From his parents to his teammates and coaches, Bukayo says he has been surrounding himself with positive influences for his whole career and says he still feels an especially close bond to Hale End five years after leaving and to the people he worked alongside there. Yeah, I speak to a lot of the players I grew up playing with. Some of them are still here, some of them aren't, but I try and check in on them every now and again, and they do the same for me. They are people you've spent half your life with, so they're always going to be in your life, he adds. Right now, I think it's about the next generation of people coming from Hale End, and if any player ever comes to the first team, I always try and make sure they're comfortable, make sure they're happy because I know how it feels to be in their shoes. It wasn't that long ago, but it feels like it sometimes. So, what does the next stage of Bakayo's evolution look like? As he grows in experience and influence, does he see himself developing as more of a leader in future? I would always want to try and help people, he says, after a pause for thought. My teammates especially, because we're here together every day and trying to achieve big things so I think that's really important to try to be a positive influence. So I definitely think I'll grow in terms of being more of a leader on the team, trying to speak to my teammates and things like that, he adds. I enjoy trying to be a positive influence, not just on the pitch, off the pitch as well, to my teammates and everyone else looking on. Minute detail. Since the start of the Premier League in 1992-93, Arsenal have scored more than 2,000 goals. In this series, we choose one memorable goal per minute. Today we're looking at five more, including our first goal at Emirates Stadium. Alexandre Lacazette, West Ham United, 3, Arsenal, 3. March 21, 2021. AFC PL goals in the 82nd minute, 25. A header that completed a three-goal comeback away to West Ham during the lockdown period. 
The hosts had raced into a three-goal lead inside the opening 32 minutes before own goals from Thomas Suchek deflecting a rasping Alex Lacazette drive and Craig Dawson brought us back into it. But it was this late Lacazette effort that secured a point at the London Stadium. Nicolas Pepe hung up a cross at the far post and the Frenchman firmly planted his header home to claim a hard-earned point. Santi Cazola, West Ham United 1, Arsenal 3, October 6, 2012. AFC PL goals in the 83rd minute, 32. A powerful, dipping, 25-yard drive from the left boot of Santi Cazola that flew past Jesse Jaskarenen to seal a comeback win at West Ham. It was the Spanish playmaker's seventh Premier League appearance for us after joining from Malaga that summer but he was already showing his class in an Arsenal shirt, putting in a man-of-the-match performance at Upton Park, and this goal was richly deserved for his wonderful individual display. Theo Walcott stabbed the ball to him, ten yards outside the area. Cazola let it roll across his body onto his left foot before firing first time inside the post in front of the travelling Arsenal supporters. Gilberto Arsenal 1, Aston Villa 1, August 19th, 2006. AFC PL goals in the 84th minute, 19. The first competitive goal we ever scored at Emirates Stadium. Hopes were high on a sunny afternoon in North London as a new era dawned and we played our first official match at our new home after spending 93 glorious seasons at Highbury but our visitors for the opening day of the 2006-7 season had other ideas. Aston Villa defender Olaf Melberg became the stadium's first goalscorer after heading in a corner on 53 minutes to give Villa the lead. Calotture had actually been the first person to put the ball in the Emirates net, but his first half goal was ruled offside. With time running out and the Gunners heading for defeat on grand opening day, Arsene Wenger sent on Theo Walcott for his Arsenal debut some seven months after signing. His deep cross was flicked on by Robin van Persie to the lurking Gilberto, who smashed home right-footed at the far post. The Brazilian midfielder went on to score ten league goals that season, eight of them at home. Carnu. Tottenham Hotspur 1, Arsenal 3, May 5, 1999. AFC PL goes in the 85th minute, 26. A crucial win at White Hart Lane that left us in pole position for the Premiership title with just two games to play and it was sealed by a moment of Kanu magic. Emmanuel Pettit and Nicolas Enelka put us two goals up before Darren Anderton pulled one back. Patrick Vieira then clipped a free kick into the feet of Kanu, back to goal, five yards outside the box and with Luke Young for close company. The Nigerian controlled the ball on his chest, then with one fluid movement, flicked the ball over the defender's head, turned him and smashed past Ian Walker. Very few players would have even thought of doing this, let alone accomplishing it, third commentator Martin Tyler. The win moved us three points clear of Man United, having played a game more, but with games against the fourth and fifth place teams to come. Silvino, Chelsea 2, Arsenal 2, September the 6th, 2000. 
AFC PL goals in the 86th minute, 26. Trailing Chelsea 2-0, going into the final quarter of an hour, Thierry Henry pulled us back into the game before the stunner by Solvino snatched a draw. The previous season at Stamford Bridge, we were also two goals behind after 75 minutes. Before that day, Kanu scored an incredible hat-trick to earn us a win. This time, we had to make do with a point, but the final goal was no less memorable. After Frank Leboeuf dispossessed Kanu, the loose ball fell to Silvino, who strode onto it before unleashing a first-time drive with his left foot that swerved inside the near post. A worthy winner of BBC Match of the Day's Goal of the Month competition. It was the Brazilian's second goal in consecutive league games and continued the tradition of late left-back strikes away to Chelsea after Nigel Winterburn's 89th-minute screamer to make it 3-2 in 1997-98. Community Voice Project Premier League Football Plus Established 2009 Participants since starting 10,000 Weekly participants 350 Sessions Mondays to Sunday Available to participants aged 6 to 16 For more information email jwarnock at arsenal.co.uk 14-year-old Antonio is a local lad from Islington who enjoys taking part in the Arsenal Football Plus programme. I first heard about the Football Plus when I was invited to attend by one of the members of staff at a Junior Gunners event after taking part in some of the skills activities. I knew that some people had Arsenal coaches go into their school but didn't realise that there were weekly sessions that I could attend. When I learned about that, I really wanted to do it. I was usually a bit reluctant to try something like that, but I wanted to play football with Arsenal. At the time, I was lacking in confidence. I enjoyed playing the game, but I was worried about joining a club and playing with new people. The first time I went, the coach and other players were really welcoming. I tried hard and got some good feedback. I didn't feel pressured and everyone was friendly. Since I started going to Football Plus, I have been involved in many activities away from playing. For example, I recently attended the City Run at the Emirates, where we ran around the stadium representing London in a timed race against Manchester. It was sponsored by Adidas and was a brilliant event. I've made some good friendships through sessions with Arsenal in the community because I've now spent many years playing with mostly the same players. We have got to know each other really well and we feel comfortable playing together. We have a group chat and are always in contact. One of the first things I noticed about the sessions themselves was that the style of coaching was different to other clubs I'd played for. It was a really high standard and the coach, James, was very positive. There was no shouting, it was very professional and I didn't feel I was under pressure to perform or not make mistakes when trying something new. It definitely increased my confidence and I started really enjoying football. It's such a big part of my life now. I learned to express myself more and these days I'm quite vocal on the pitch. I learned a lot about formations and tactics, but also about working in a team, including a variety of leadership skills. This has overspilled into my everyday life. I join in school discussions more, play for the school team and organise the football at break times in school. 
In short, being part of Arsenal means everything to me. Joining was one of the best decisions I've made. Football Plus project manager James Warnock says, Antonio has been with us for several years and during this time, we've seen him develop into a confident and caring young man. He is a popular member of the group for all the right reasons and is well respected by staff and peers alike. Antonio embraces activities both on and off the pitch and he actively seeks self-development. Foundation Voice The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund the food bank at the Ark Centre on St Paul Street, N1, which opened during the Covid pandemic and continues to operate today. Volunteer Anne Edie tells us how the money has helped local people as the cost of living rises. I am 78 years old and was born in South Wales, but have lived in North London since I was 18 and I love it. I started married life in Linton Street, which is a stone's throw from the Ark Centre, then moved to Englefield Road, and now as a widow I live in Aberdeen Park. I trained as a nurse at the Royal Free Hospital and have gone on to work in two different specialities. I lived in Seattle for 16 months and also did voluntary work there, so it's not something that's new to me. I retired in 2015 because my husband needed more help at home but then he died in 2017. I moved and settled in 2018, and then the pandemic happened. During Covid, I responded to a local charity and collected and delivered food to hospital staff locally, mainly the Homerton. I also did some telephone work for NHS responders. It was my first Covid vaccination that took me to the Ark, and I saw the food bank that had recently started there. I joined as a volunteer in May 2021. Initially I was doing deliveries, both on foot and by car. I'm now part of the Monday morning sorting team, working with great colleagues to put together the deliveries we make. It's busy and the waiting list has become longer as more people struggle with the cost of living. We distribute to 100 families every week, but we have many more who are seeking help. I'm pleased to be a very small part of an organisation that provides help to local people. How sad it is that it's necessary. The money Arsenal donated was spent on fruit and vegetables to top up the food donations we receive every week. We've seen a reduction in fresh food donations because of increasing costs across the whole sector and increasing demand from food banks and logistical challenges with fresh food. One of our core principles is that every household receives fresh fruit and veg every week and we aim to provide a nutritionally balanced box of food. I have been an Arsenal supporter ever since my son, who is now 45, started to go to Highbury as a junior gunner. I now have a season ticket, which my grandson really enjoys. We share it. Arsenal is identified with Islington and I think it's so important for the club to be part of its local community. We are sadly becoming more and more divided as a society. So if the club and its players show that they care and that they do contribute, it can have a big impact on people's lives, whether they are Arsenal fans or not. Money really helps, of course, but it's also important that there's an awareness from the club that it is at the heart of the community. 
For more info or to make a donation, visit www.thearkcentre.org. Academy Young Gun Ismail Kabir The Basics Born Hengelo, Netherlands, December 10th, 2005 Joined Arsenal as an under-11 in 2016 Position, right wing, left wing Boots, Adidas X School, Thomas Aveling School, Rochester, Kent Rate yourself out of 100 Pace, 94 Dribbling, 82 Passing, 80 Shooting, 80 Defending, 68 Physical, 75 Growing up in Holland, football is a big part of the culture over there. I grew up in the east of the country, in the Enscheid region, which is close to the German border. When I was younger, I supported my local team, FC Twente, which is where Steve McLaren coached after he left England. McLaren brought FC Twente the first and only Eredivisie title in their history, so he is regarded as a legend in that part of the country. Growing up, of course, I looked up to Messi and Ronaldo, as every young kid did, but I loved Arjen Robben too. He was a Dutch superstar, and the things he could do with the ball were just unreal. When he cut inside from the right-hand channel, you knew he was about to cause some serious damage. I got into football by playing from an incredibly young age, in my local area, on the AstroTurf pitches, and we would play all day. I loved it so much, and I guess that's how my passion for the game grew. I couldn't imagine myself without a ball at my feet. When I was nine years old, I moved to England and I lived in Kent. When I arrived, I found a team as soon as I could called Chatham Riverside, which was not too far from where I lived. After six months there, I moved to a different team, Sittingbourne Lions. However, I also trained twice a week at Pro Soccer Academy, PSA, a facility that helps to develop players. And this is how I got scouted for Arsenal. One of the coaches at PSA had links to Arsenal, so he invited Adam Birchall to come along and watch me at one of the training sessions, and Adam really liked me. It all happened so fast, in the sense that I'd just moved from Holland less than two years ago to now find out that Arsenal would like to sign me for their under-11s. When I first arrived at Hale End, I was excited, but also very nervous, because I was at the Arsenal. They are a huge club, one of the biggest in the sport. You can't go to any place in the world where they haven't heard of Arsenal, so being there was a real privilege. But as I got used to it, the nerves wore off. Thinking back to the Hale End days, there are so many great memories. For example, beating Liverpool to win the Hale End Cup with the under-12s was a fantastic feeling. The Hale End Cup is huge for the club, and it is a massive achievement at that age to win a trophy and instill the winning mentality. When I got my scholarship last year, it was a momentous day of celebration for me and my family because I worked so hard for it and it was such a relief to know that I'll be around for at least another two years. As an under-18, I now train at London Colney and going there for the first time was a surreal feeling because I'm literally seeing my idols on a day-to-day basis. I share the facility with guys like Bukayo Saka, Martin Odegaard and Gabriel Martinelli which still blows my mind at times. The first team are great. They always speak to us, encourage us and help us feel welcome. Guys like Reese Nelson and Eddie Nketiah will come over and get to know us on a personal level. Seeing guys like Reese, Eddie, Emil and Bukayo playing for the first team is inspiring, given their journeys from the academy into the team. 
and it's encouraging to know that there is a pathway for us there. Playing for the under-18s this season has been frustrating because of the injuries I've suffered, but I did manage to play a few games towards the end and score my first goal for the team, hopefully the first of many. Being coached by someone like Jack Wilshire is fantastic because he is so knowledgeable about the game, and his attention to detail is top class. Given the injury setbacks he had in his career, he's also able to encourage me and support me through the injuries I've suffered this season. He always reminds me to keep my head up and to know that I will eventually overcome the lengthy period on the sidelines. My priority for next season is to stay fit, play as many games as possible at a higher level, and hopefully I will be rewarded with a professional contract by the end of the season. It's a big year for me next season, and I can't wait to work hard over the summer and get back on the pitch firing for the team. Being a footballer to me is important because of my family. I do it for them because they have always been there for me, made sacrifices and supported me throughout my journey so far. Around the academy, Everton put to the sword. Arsenal under-21's head coach Mehmet Ali praised his side's ruthlessness in front of goal as we comprehensively beat Everton 4-1 in the Premier League 2 on Friday, April 28th. A brace from Ben Cottrell and late goals from Charles Sago Jr. and Mauro Bandera sealed a much-needed three points for the young gunners on the road. On the performance, Ali said, I was really pleased for the team to win and I was impressed at the way they did it. Our composure and our play on a difficult pitch was excellent on the night. We got into some really good areas, controlled the game well, and we were very clinical in front of goal. Ali was also full of praise for the five under-18s who played in this fixture, which took place just three days after the defeat in the FA Youth Cup final. Their mentality and attitude from the moment they lost the game until now has been spot on. The Arsenal under-21's final fixture of the season ended in a 3-0 home defeat to Manchester City on Saturday, May 6th. The visitors, who'd already secured the Premier League 2 crown, punished us with their potent finishing. We put up a valiant effort, but we were unable to show a similar killer instinct in the final third. Despite the result, Ali remained in good spirits and emphasised how proud he was of his team's effort this season. We've played over 50 games this season which included a very strong run in the Papa John's Trophy. We've really pushed and demanded a lot from these players. We sent 18 players out on loan, and even more in January, so we knew we were going to be stretched and short. But it's a positive, as it gives an opportunity for younger players, the boss added. Ali concluded his final post-match interview by praising his staff and the players for their accomplishments throughout the year. I'm so thankful for my staff too. They've given so much to the players in terms of physios, analysts and everyone. I'm proud to be part of Arsenal and the staff I work with. Finally, I'm proud of the players because in difficult times they've shown character, improved their game and trained hard throughout the season. There's a bright future for all of them. Meanwhile, under-18s head coach Jack Wilshere commended the reaction of his side to bounce back after the FA Youth Cup final as we beat Aston Villa 2-1 in the under-18s Premier League on Saturday, April 29th. An Ethan Nuaneri brace completed a second-half comeback as we collected three points in our penultimate game of the season. When you lose a final like that, 
It's important to come out in your next game and show some passion and desire, said Wilshire. The performance was not that important, because I know the quality this side has, but I wanted to see how they reacted to the disappointing defeat in the FA Youth Cup, and they gave the perfect response. A week later, Wilshire spoke of his mixed emotions in his first season of management, after our final league fixture ended in a 5-1 loss to Southampton on Friday, May 5th. After falling behind early on, Ishmael Kabir's first goal for Arsenal under-18s brought us back on level terms, but his effort would be in vain as we suffered a heavy defeat on the south coast. Despite the result, Wilshere reflected on his first season as head coach of the under-18s and is positive for the future. Overall, I've loved it, said Wilshere. It was a good decision to stop playing and start a new adventure in football coaching. We've had highs and lows, but from speaking to experienced managers, I've learned that you shouldn't get too high when it's going well and not too low when it's tough. The big lesson for me is that a lot of things that happen are in our control and we'll work hard from now to make sure we're much better next season. UEFA Youth League beckons. As a result of the men's team qualifying for the UEFA Champions League, Arsenal will take part in the UEFA Youth League next season. The UEFA Youth League, created in 2013, involved the under-19 teams of the 32 UEFA Champions League entrants, joined by the youth domestic champions of 32 nations. The group stage opponents are mirrored. It will be the first time we've been in the competition since the 2016-2017 season, when the squad included the likes of Rhys Nelson and Eddie Nekataya. Rosiak signs first pro contract. Congratulations to 17-year-old Mikhail Rosiak, who signed a professional contract with the Gunners at the end of last month. Our goal-scoring right-back has been a key member of the under-18 squad this season, with the Poland Youth International having made 15 appearances, scoring seven times and producing six assists. Mikhail's contribution in our FA Youth Cup run was vital, netting twice at the Emirates Stadium, a last-minute winner in the quarter-final against Cambridge United and a superb free kick in the semi-final to help us beat Manchester City. Signing my first professional contract for Arsenal means everything to me. It's pretty amazing, he said after putting pen to paper. Playing for the club I've always loved and watched growing up, hopefully it will be the first of many contracts. Congratulations, Arthur. Arthur Okonkwo helped Sturm Graz to win the Austrian Cup after they beat Rapid Vienna 2-0 in the final on Sunday, May 7th. The young shot-stopper was once again named between the posts for what was his 14th appearance for the club since his January arrival on loan. And he'll end his time in Austria with a winner's medal after two goals from Manprit Sarkaria helped them claim the trophy for the first time since 2018. Arthur played his part in their cup success in the earlier rounds when he saved two penalties in a quarter-final shootout success against Red Bull Salzburg on what was his debut for the club. Arsenal Women Champions League run ends in brave defeat. Arsenal suffered a devastating late defeat to VfL Wolfsburg in front of a record-breaking crowd of 60,063 at Emirates Stadium on Monday, May 1st. 
The Gunners led 1-0, then levelled after trailing 2-1, but a 119th-minute extra-time goal from Pauline Bremer gave the German champions a 5-4 aggregate win after a pulsating Champions League semi-final second leg. The Gunners almost got off to the worst possible start when within five minutes there was a VAR check for a potential handball against Lot Wuben Moy. But they were saved by the fact that Svendis Jonsdottir was in an offside position. The visitors then dominated possession in the early stages, although it was Arsenal who drew first blood. Then Stina Blackstenius pounced on a defensive mix-up to round Merle Fromes and slot the ball home. Although there were chances at both ends, it was the visitors who scored next, when from a free kick, Alexandra Pop cushioned the ball back to ex-gunner Jill Roard, who guided the ball home from the edge of the area. There was a dramatic start to the second half when Blackstenius rifled the ball home, only for VAR to intervene again, this time against the hosts, for an offside in the build-up and Wolfsburg took advantage when Pop glanced home a header at the near post. The hosts responded as Frieda Manum tested Fromms from distance, before Svenja Huth missed a golden opportunity to put the visitor 3-1 up by flashing her shot wide. The Gunners made Wolfsburg pay just moments later, when Wuben Moy collected the ball on the right and crossed for Jennifer Beattie to head home and send the Emirates crowd into raptures after a lengthy VAR check. The game headed into extra time and the hosts made a good start too, with Frome saving a fierce shot from sub Lina Hurtig with her left foot and Manham forcing a corner with a driving run. Ruben Moy had the ball in the net, but the whistle had blown for a foul. Into the second half of extra time, Manham fired wide and Katie McCabe's clipped cross shot hit the bar. But the visitor struck the winning blow when Bremer converted sub Yul Brand's cross at the far post. And so the Gunners' bid to reach a second Champions League final fell agonisingly short. But we can be proud of every single player. Gunners see off dogged foxes. Injury hit Arsenal recovered from exiting the Champions League by beating Leicester City 1-0 at Meadow Park on Friday, May 5th. The Gunners made a positive start and won a penalty in the fourth minute when Hannah Kane brought down Katie McCabe in the box, only for Janina Leitzig to save the skipper spot kick. Still, the hosts dominated possession and it took a last-ditch challenge from Ruby Mace to deny Stina Blackstenius. Into the second half, the visitors were growing in confidence and twice headed straight at D'Angelo, before Kane brought the keeper off her line to deny her again. But it was Arsenal who took the lead when Frieda Manham collected sub Jodie Taylor's cutback and brilliantly chipped the ball over Leipzig from the edge of the penalty area. Enough for three valuable points. We're with you, Laura! We can confirm that Laura Weinrother suffered a ruptured anterior cruciate ligament in our Champions League semi-final against Wolfsburg. Laura will undergo surgery in due course and will be sidelined for an extended period. Everyone at the club will now be supporting Laura and working hard to support her recovery and return to action. Under-21s take league title. 
the trophies keep on coming for our young gunners, and we are proud that our under-21s have won the Women's Super League Academy League title. Arsenal topped the Southern Division table five points ahead of Chelsea and clinched the overall title by beating Northern Division champions Aston Villa 6-0. This follows the under-21s clinching the London Senior Cup last month and the under-16s winning a league and FA Girls Youth Cup double. A huge well done to all. Visitors, Brighton and Hove Albion, 30 years of the Premier League. Games, 223, wins, 64, losses, 87. Goals, 254, goals conceded, 303. Seasons in the PL, 6. Highest position, 9th, 2021-22. Lowest position, 17th, 2018-19. Finished in the top half once. Most appearances, Lewis Dunk, 205. Most goals, Glenn Murray, Neil Mopé, 26. A memorable 2022-23 season has brought Brighton and Hove Albion to the brink of European football for the first time. However, the Seagulls fly into Emirates Stadium this afternoon still smarting from their heaviest defeat of the season, 5-1 at home to relegation-threatened Everton last Monday. That result kept them seventh in the table going into this weekend, two points behind Tottenham and one ahead of Aston Villa, with two games in hand on both. While the Champions League is most likely out of Brighton's reach, a place in next season's Europa League or Europa Conference League is still in their sights. Another route into Europe for Roberto de Zerbi's stylish side was cruelly blocked last month when they were beaten 7-6 on penalties by Manchester United in the FA Cup semi-final after a goalless draw at Wembley. Brighton got their revenge on United ten days ago when they beat them 1-0 at home in the Premier League thanks to a last-gasp Alexis McAllister penalty. That was their second successive home win, following a 6-0 rout of Wolves, but they couldn't complete the hat-trick against Everton, as the Merseysiders scored in the first minute and went on to add four more goals. Founded in 1901, Brighton did not reach the top tier of English football until 1979, when they spent four seasons in the first division before suffering relegation in 1983, when they also lost an FA Cup final replay to Manchester United. They did not return to the top flight until 2017, but this is their sixth successive Premier League campaign, and they look certain to finish higher than ever before, their best previous finish being last season's ninth under Graham Potter. Potter was still in charge when Brighton came storming out of the blocks this season, winning four of their opening six league games, but he was then lured away to Chelsea and replaced by De Zerbe, who has proved to be a big hit. Not only has the Italian kept Brighton riding high in the Premier League, but he has also overseen prestigious cup wins over Liverpool, 2-1 in the FA Cup, and of course Arsenal, 3-1 here at Emirates Stadium in the Carabao Cup third round.
Roberto de Zerbi, head coach, born 6th of June 1979, Brescia, Italy, previously Foggia 2014-16, Palermo 2016, Benevento 2017-18, Sassuolo 2018-21, Shakhtar Donetsk 2021-22. When he succeeded Graham Potter last September, 43-year-old Roberto was relatively unknown in this country, though he had managed Shakhtar Donetsk in the 2021-22 Champions League. He left Shakhtar by mutual consent following the Russian invasion of Ukraine, with the team leading their domestic league, and has brought to England the same qualities that earned him rave reviews in his homeland with Sassuolo his enterprising style having helped the unheralded provincial club to successive eighth-place finishes in Serie A. As a player, he represented a dozen Italian clubs, winning his only silverware late in his career at Romanian side CFR Cluj. Number 5. Leading them out, Lewis Dunk, defender, born Brighton, 21st of November 1991 previously Bristol City, on loan. Local lad Lewis came through the club's youth ranks and has been the team's central defensive linchpin for the past nine seasons, helping the club win promotion before establishing himself as a Premier League mainstay and also winning a single England cap in November 2018. The big centre-back missed a sizeable chunk of last season with a knee injury but has started all 33 Premier League matches this term, his one goal coming last month on his 200th Premier League appearance in a 2-1 defeat at Tottenham. Number 23. Wearing the Gloves. Jason Steele, goalkeeper. Born Newton Aycliffe, 18th of August 1990. Previously Middlesbrough, Northampton on loan, Blackburn, Sunderland. A Brighton player since 2018, when he joined after a single season in the Championship for Sunderland, Jason did not make his Premier League debut until he was 31, but the former Middlesbrough and Blackburn number 1 has started 10 of Albion's last 11 league matches, taking the place of Spanish international Robert Sanchez. He had kept two successive clean sheets before conceding five last week against Everton, including an own goal, and was a star turn for Brighton here against Arsenal in the Carabao Cup win earlier this season. Number 22. The Revelation. Karu Mitoma, winger. Born Kanagawa, Japan, 20th of May 1997. Previously, Kawasaki Frontale, Union Saint-Gilles, on loan. One of the breakout players of this 2022-23 Premier League season, Karu has been in sensational form for Albion since the World Cup in Qatar, where he played the role of super-sub for Japan, coming off the bench in all four games and sparking shock wins against Germany and Spain. A right-footed left-winger of skill and speed, he joined Brighton in August 2021 from Kawasaki Frontale, but spent a fruitful 2021-22 season in Belgium on loan at Union Saint-Gilles. He has scored 10 goals for the Seagulls, including one in each of his two outings against Arsenal. Number 10. The World Champion. Alexis McAllister, midfielder. 
Hawthorne, Santa Rosa, Argentina, 24th of December 1998. Previously, Argentinos Juniors, Boca Juniors, on loan. Signed from Argentinos Juniors in January 2019, Alexis finally made his Seagulls debut in March 2020. It was a relatively slow start to his English football for the 24-year-old, but for the past 18 months, the gifted number 10 has been a regular and increasingly influential performer for Brighton, his stock scoring to new heights with his World Cup winning performance for Argentina in Qatar, where he started six matches, including the final, and scored one goal. He scored his 10th Premier League goal of the season in last week's defeat by Everton. Number 18. Once a gunner. Danny Welbeck. Forward. Born, Manchester, 26th of November 1990. Previously, Man United, Preston, on loan, Sunderland, on loan, Arsenal, Watford. An Arsenal player for five seasons from 2014 to 2019, during which he was frequently sidelined with injury, but still managed 32 goals in 126 games and helped the Gunners win the 2016-17 FA Cup. Ex-England striker Danny was relegated three seasons ago with Watford, but returned to the top flight with Brighton. Though not always a regular starter for the Seagulls, he has chipped him with some important goals, scoring six in this season's Premier League, plus the penalty equaliser against the Gunners in the Seagulls' 3-1 Carabao Cup win. Number 13. The Stalwart. Pascal Gross, midfielder. Born, Mannheim, Germany, 15th of June 1991. Previously, Hoffenheim, Karlsruhe, Ingolstadt. Two impressive seasons in the German Bundesliga for Ingolstadt prompted a £3 million transfer to Brighton following their promotion in 2017, and Pascal quickly made club history by becoming the Seagulls' first goalscorer in the Premier League with a double against West Brom. The skilful schemer and occasional right-back was at it again on the opening day of this campaign with another brace in the Seagulls' 2-1 win at Manchester United and two more goals in the recent 6-0 win against Wolves took his tally this season to a career-best nine. Number 30. The left-back. Pervis Estupinan, defender. Born Esmeraldas, Ecuador. 21st of January 1998. Previously, LDU Quito, Watford, Granada on loan, Almira on loan, Maloca on loan, Osasuna on loan, Villarreal. A key member of the Ecuador side that reached the 2022 World Cup, starting 17 of their 18 qualifying matches and all three in Qatar, Purvis was also voted into the 2021 Copa America team of the tournament. The powerful left-back has made an impressive start to life in the Premier League following his move last summer to Brighton, making the position his own under Roberto De Zerbi. He joined the Seagulls after two memorable seasons with Unai Emery's Villarreal, winning the Europa League and reaching the semi-finals of the Champions League. Number 25. The midfield dynamo, Moises Caicedo. Midfielder. Born Santo Domingo, Ecuador, 2nd of November 2001. 
previously Independiente del Valle, beer shot on loan. Since making his Premier League debut here at Emirates Stadium in Brighton's 2-1 win in April last year, Moises has been a major figure in the Seagulls' midfield, starting all but three of this season's league games. An all-action 21-year-old who defends and attacks with the same purpose and commitment, his potential has attracted considerable interest from elsewhere. He is already a mainstay for Ecuador, for whom he started all three games at the 2022 World Cup, scoring his team's equaliser in a 2-1 defeat by Senegal. Scouting Report by Michael Cox Regardless of what happens between now and the end of the campaign, Brighton and Hove Albion must be considered one of the great success stories of 2022-23. Not only are they on course for their highest Premier League finish, they adjusted impressively to the loss of Graham Potter early on in the campaign by appointing Roberto Dezzebi, and have consistently played amongst the best passing football in the league. The only side still to play both Arsenal and Manchester City, Brighton could be key to the title run-in. Their build-up play in particular has been very smooth. Goalkeeper Robert Sanchez was a major factor in this, although in recent weeks he's been replaced by Jason Steele. Still, the approach is the same, short passing to draw pressure, then quick passes through the press. Adam Webster and Lewis Dunk are the current first-choice centre-backs in what is usually a 4-2-3-1 system. Elsewhere, De Serbi has a habit of chopping and changing, and, much like Potter, often deploys his players in unusual positions. The right-back in Brighton's most recent three matches have been Joel Veltman, a conventional full-back, Moises Cachedo, a central midfielder, and Pascal Gross, more naturally a number 10. He'll presumably go for a cautious approach here, but Brighton are incredibly comfortable with technical players used in defence. On the left, Purvis as Tupinen is a relentless runner and is happy bursting forward into the channel as well as making more traditional overlapping runs. In midfield, Billy Gilmore has come back into the fold recently and is good at putting Brighton in charge of the game with his patient sideways passing. Caicedo has generally played in midfield and is likely to start here. At times, he feels like a complete all-rounder, comfortable playing out under pressure, playing penetrative forward balls and popping up in the box himself. World Cup winner Alexis McAllister wears number 10, but like Gross, has often been used in deeper positions and may partner Caicedo here. In the attacking line of three, Brighton may be without Solly March, who pulled up late in the surprise 5-1 loss to Everton on Monday. He has been in excellent form this season. Facundo Buenonote may deputise. As the number 10, both Denise Undav and Julio Enciso have forced their way into the side, having previously been regular substitutes, and have so far offered more goal-scoring threat, while Enciso is tricky and creative. The latter has also been used from the left, although it's more likely that Karu Mitema will start. He has enjoyed an excellent campaign, and is able to dribble inside or outside from the left, as well as being very dangerous when popping up at the far post to finish crosses.
Danny Welbeck needs no introduction and has shown great link-up play and aerial ability in recent weeks, while youngster Evan Ferguson has constantly impressed when coming off the bench, including when scoring in the reverse fixture, a 4-2 Arsenal win at the Amex on New Year's Eve. Lewis leads way. No player in the Premier League has made more passes this season than Brighton skipper Lewis Dunk, with a grand total of 2,931 from his central defensive position. Second on the list is Man City's influential midfielder, Rodri, 2,802, followed by Virgil van Dijk, 2,409. Then the Gunners' Gabriel Margalesh, 2,205. Apart from the players, there are two photographs with this report. The first has the caption, Brighton aren't afraid of anyone. Alexis McAllister celebrates scoring the late winner against Manchester United on May the 4th. The second at the end of the report has the caption, Pascal Gross is in excellent form, netting twice against Wolves from midfield. Match Action Premier League Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023 8pm Emirates Stadium Arsenal 3 Chelsea 1 Timeline 18 minutes Odegaard smashes home from Xhaka's cross 31 Xhaka sets up Odegaard again for the second 34 Jesus scores the third making no mistake at the near post 65 Madueke pulls one back for the visitors Granit Xhaka We wanted to start well. We wanted to start with a lot of energy and I think the first 45 minutes was nearly perfect. In the second half, we wanted to come out with a fourth and fifth as well. We were a bit disappointed with that but in the end, the three points are the most important thing. Facts Gabriel Jesus has now scored in 55 Premier League matches and never ended on the losing side when doing so. 150, drawn 5. We have gone unbeaten in our 12 London derbies in the Premier League this season. 1-10, drawn 2. The first time we haven't lost any in a single campaign in the competition since 2004-05. Played 10-1-7, drawn 3. We have done the Premier League double over Chelsea for the second time in the last three campaigns. Match action. Full time. Newcastle United nil. Arsenal two. Premier League. Sunday, May seventh, twenty twenty three, four thirty p.m. St James's Park. Newcastle United nil. Arsenal two. Odegaard fourteen. Shaw own goal seventy one. Timeline eight. Newcastle are awarded a penalty for handball, but VAR overrules the decision. 14. Odegaard smashes home low into the net from 25 yards. 49. Ramsdale makes a superb save from a Shah header. 51. Martinelli hits the bar. 71. Shah turns Martinelli's cross home for an own goal. Stats. Expected goals. NUFC 1.32. AFC 1.27. Possession, NUFC 54%, AFC 46%. Total shots, NUFC 12, AFC 10. 
Shots on target. NUFC 5. AFC 6. Completed passes. NUFC 315. AFC 274. Corners. NUFC 9. AFC 4. Tackles 1. NUFC 9. AFC 18. Yellow cards. NUFC 2. AFC 1. Red cards. NUFC 0. AFC 0. Facts. We have taken 81 points from 35 games this season. Only in 2003-04 have we reached 80-plus points at an earlier stage in a league campaign. Martin Odegaard and Gabriel Martinelli have both scored 15 league goals this season. The first time in Premier League history we've had two players reach that tally in a single season. Aaron Ramsdale becomes only the third goalkeeper to record 10 away clean sheets in a single Premier League season. Jorginho. It's a massive win, and we knew it was a tough game coming here, and winning the way we did. But sometimes you know you have to fight a lot to get the three points. Just so proud of the team, the way we fought until the end. Teams. Teams. For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Shirt, red with white sleeves. Shorts, white. Socks, red. 1. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper. 3. Kieran Tierney. 4. Ben White. 5. Thomas Partey. 6. Gabriel Margales. 7. Bukayo Saka. 8. Martin Odegaard. 9. Gabriel Jesus. 10. Emil Smith-Rowe. 11. Gabriel Martinelli. 12. William Saliba. 14. Eddie Nketiah. 15. Jakub Kivio. 16. Rob Holding. 18. Takahiro Tomiyasu. 19. Leandro Trossard. 20. Giorgino. 21. Fabio Vieira. 24. Rhys Nelson. 25. Mohamed Elneny. 30. Matt Turner, goalkeeper. 31. Carl Hine, goalkeeper. 34. Granite Sharka. 35. Alexandra Zinchenko. 83. Ethan Nwaneri. For Brighton and Hove Albion, manager Roberto de Sebi. Shirt, blue and white striped. Shorts, blue. Socks, blue. 1. Robert Sanchez, goalkeeper. 2. Tarek Lamptey. 4. Adam Webster. 5. Lewis Dunk. 6. Levi Colwell. 7. Solly March. 10. Alexis McAllister. 13. Pascal Gross. 14. Adam Lalana. 15. Jakob Moda. 18. Danny Welbeck. 19. Jeremy Samiento. 20. Julio Enciso. 21. Denise Undav. 22. Kairu Mitoma. 23. Jason Steele, goalkeeper. 25. Moises Caicedo. 26. Yassin Ayari. 27. Billy Gilmore. 28. Evan Ferguson. 29. Jan Paul Van Heck. 30. Purvis Estupinen. 34. Joel Veltman. 38. Thomas McGill, goalkeeper. 40. Facundo Buonanotte. 42. Odolujo Ofia. 
47. James Furlong 49. Andrew Moran Referee, Andrew Madley Assistant Referees, Constantine Hatsidakis Nick Hopton Fourth Official, Darren England VAR Official, Peter Banks Additional VAR Official, Wade Smith Today's Other Fixtures Brantford vs West Ham United at 2pm Everton vs Manchester City at 2pm No Room for Racism The Arsenal Foundation Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport Adidas.com slash Arsenal. Arsenal. Where we belong. Premier League. 30 years of stories. 30 years of lungs busting. Nets bulging. Audacious goals. Outrageous flicks. Academy breakthroughs, legends return. 30 years of gasps, groans, chants. Full-time cheers, full-time tears, saying we were there. But that's not all, the game is just the start. 30 years of supporting communities, 30 years of investing in the wider game. 30 years of thrilling football, made possible by 30 years of your support. Premier League. Adidas Arsenal New 22-23 third kit Available now at the Armoury and ArsenalDirect.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.